Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today is exciting. We're talking about the safety of vaccines. And you could say what the experts say, but you know, that you're going to get a lot of different opinions. Uh, recently, and we're talking uh, just a few weeks ago, in Geneva, Switzerland, December 3rd, 2019, there was a global vaccine safety summit. And you had experts from the World Health Organization, you had experts from the FDA, <clears throat> scientists from around the world talking about safety. Now, what's unusual is there was a statement by the World Health Organization chief scientist, Dr. Suime um, Swaminanatha. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a challenging name. Now, she's chief scientist for the World Health Organization and a pediatrician. Now, it's interesting, four days before the conference, uh, she made a statement that was, I mean, brilliant, um, except in the conference, she completely, completely went against her public statement. So there's a difference in what's presented to the public as opposed to what happens behind closed doors. Now, luckily at this summit, uh, somebody was filming it. So it was on tape, and I don't know if these people got this, um, that they knew that they were being recorded, uh, but when you say one thing to one camera and a complete opposite thing to another, um, that that's a challenge with um, integrity. <clears throat> so let me read a quote from Dr. Suyama Swaminathan. Swaminathan. That's a pretty name. Um, vaccines are very safe. If someone gets sick after a vaccination, it is either a coincidence or an error in administrating the vaccine, or very rarely a problem with the vaccine itself. That is why we have vaccine safety systems, robust vaccine safety systems that allow healthcare workers and experts to react immediately to any problems that may arise. They can examine the problem rigorously and scientifically and look at the data and then promptly address the problem. The World Health Organization works closely with countries to make sure vaccines can do what they do best, prevent disease without risks. New vaccines against malaria, meningitis, and encephalitis in Asia and Africa are now being thoroughly monitored with support from the World Health Organization. Vaccines are one of the safest tools we have to prevent disease and ensure a healthy future of our children. I mean, that sounds brilliant, end of quote. And, and you've got to think, I mean, just smooth, and I would love to get behind this. I mean, I would love to have a robust vaccine safety systems. I would love to have, have a safe and effective way to prevent disease without risks. That was a quote, to prevent disease without risks. Now, the global market in 2000, global vaccine, and this is why we're talking about the World Health Organization, was $5 billion in 2000. It was $24 billion in 2013. It'll be $100 billion, billion with a B, by 2025. So that's four more years. And, and you're talking 120 vaccines are in line. So this is a huge emerging market. I mean, it, just amazing. So what did Dr. Soima uh, Swaminathan uh, say when she got in the conference? Now, remember, remember, b before the conference, 
Um, that is why we have vaccine safety systems, robust vaccine safety systems that allow health experts to react immediately to problems that arise, okay? Now, the door is closed. She's speaking to fellow scientists. What do they say? Here's a quote from her. Quote, I don't think we can overemphasize the fact that we really don't have very good safety monitoring systems in many countries. This adds to the miscommunication and misapprehensions. Because we are not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about deaths that have occurred due to particular vaccines, and this always gets blown up in the media. End of quote. Uh, so first, when the cameras are on, she's quoting as saying, "Prevent diseases without risk." When the cameras, or she's inside. Um, because we are not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about deaths that have occurred due to particular vaccines. She goes on to state, quote, one should be able to give a very factual account of what exactly is happening and what the cause of the deaths are. But in most cases, there is some obfuscation at that level, and therefore it's less and less trust in, in, in the system. Putting in place the mechanisms, whether there are cohort studies or whether there are sentinel surveillance sites, uh, to be able to monitor what's going on and report back, and then for corrective action to be taken, because unexpected things could, could arise after introduction, and one always has to be prepared. As we have seen with the history of many drugs, you have heard and learned about adverse event only after the drug has been licensed and introduced into the population. So I think that there is always a risk and the population needs to understand that and feel confident that mechanisms are being put into place to study some of those things, end of quote. So she's saying that there have vaccine safety systems, robust systems, and then she's saying, oh my God, we gotta put these systems in place. Well, let's look at America. America's pretty advanced. I mean, our kids get more vaccines than anybody on the planet. And according to Harvard, um, the, the brilliant Lazarus final report, and this is electronic support for public health, vaccine adverse event reporting systems. And what they found, they found that fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse event uh, are reported. Now think of this, the head of the chief scientist of the World Health Organization, pediatrician, when the camera's on, she's saying that um, we have robust systems in place. When the cameras are off, she's saying, I can't overemphasize that we really don't have good safety monitoring systems in many countries. Now, since America is probably one of the most advanced, okay, um, we have uh, the, our best system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, lists fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse events. <clears throat> and this article goes on to state, low reporting rates preclude the slow identification of problem drugs and vaccines that endanger the public. Amazing. So now, at the conference, we have Dr. Heidi Larson, the director of the Vaccine Confidence Project. And I mean, brilliant gal. 
And again, I mean, these are really, really smart scientists. But let me read some quotes from her because she's finding out that the, I don't want to say anti-vaxxer because she doesn't like that term. She thinks that people shouldn't be ridiculed for questioning. But a friend of hers who works at George Washington University, I mean, really brilliant guy as well, <clears throat> monitored uh, online the online community and to see what direction people are going. And they have um, blue, red, and green. Red are people that are completely, um, they have their minds set up that vaccines are not safe, effective, and they're questioning it. Um, the blue line are pro-vaccine and green uh, are um, undecided. Well, it turns out that the anti-vaccine community, if you want to word it that way, are growing up to 500% um, faster than uh, the undecided or anti-vaxxers. And it's interesting, too, because they go on to state that people in Europe, educated populations, people that have the Internet, are the ones that are questioning if vaccines are safe. <clears throat> and she's also finding problems with the healthcare professionals. And, and here's some quotes from one of the articles that she's saying. And I encourage everyone to go to Highwire, uh, Dell Bigtree, and look at who's lying to you. And he has a two-hour synopsis of this conference. And he does a I mean, brilliant job. I'm just taking it part piece by piece to, to get more of this information out there. Okay, so here's Heidi Larson, director of the Vaccine Confidence Project. And she's talking about how frontline providers, doctors and nurses, are starting to um, lose confidence. <clears throat> Quote, if we lose the healthcare provider, then we are in trouble. We have a very wobbly health professional frontline that is starting to question vaccines and the safety of vaccines. When the frontline uh, professionals are starting to question, <laughs> then she goes on to state, in medical schools, you're lucky to have a half a day on vaccines, never mind keeping up with all of this, end of quote. I, I mean, think of that. When you hear all of the talking points of, of people saying, oh, you know, the medical doctor, ask him. In, in the entire six-year education, they only have half a day on vaccines, and they're not keeping up with it. Then she goes on to state, now remember, this is Heidi Larson, Heidi Larson, um, director of the Vaccine Confidence Project in America. Okay. Uh, quote, there's a lot of safety science that's needed. Without the good science, we can't communicate. Um, uh, we can't have good communication. So although I'm talking about all these other contextual issues and communication issues, it's absolutely needs the science has the backbone. You can't repurpose the same old science to make it sound better if you don't have the science that's relevant to the new problems. So we need much more investment in safety science, end of quote. I mean, brilliant, because that's exactly what we're talking about. And then she goes on to state, and remember, she's in the vaccine confidence problem project and people are losing confidence in the vaccines, medical professors are losing confidence in the vaccine, 
they're that they're so starting to question it that they're taking the medical doctors out of the equation so they just force vaccinate you without even looking at it. <clears throat> now, she goes on to state, one of the additional issues that complicates safety evaluation is if you look at and you struggle with the length of follow-up that should be adequate, let's say pre-licensure or even a post-marketing study, if that's even possible. Again, as you mentioned, pre-licensure clinical trials may not be powered enough. It's also subject to the population that you administer the adjuvant to because we've seen data presented to us where an adjuvant, a particular adjuvant added to a vaccine antigen, did really nothing when administered to a certain population, usually the elderly compared to the administration of the same formulation to a younger aged. So these are things which need to be considered as well as further complicate the safety and effectiveness evaluation of adjuvants with various vaccines. Now, there was a doctor from uh, Nigeria, and, and this guy, oh my God, if you want to fall in love with a doctor who really cares, now he's responsible for the vaccines in Nigeria. This guy's, you know, really up there. But he spoke with just from the heart. And, and I'm just going to read some quotes from him. But he asked, at this group, I need clarification uh, to our situation in Nigeria, where at six weeks, 10 weeks, 14 weeks, uh, they will receive maybe eight vaccines. And these vaccines have different adjuvants. A child is given different antigens from different companies, different preservatives, and so on. At nine months, a child may receive eight vaccines, including yellow fever and measles. And he goes on to ask, is there any evidence of cross-reactivity, of, of mixing antigens from different companies? Um, what, what, what advice? Where's the safety profile? Now, one of the doctors did, tried to answer him, but you got to figure He's asking pertinent questions. He's asking the schedule that is suggested that these doctors are told to follow, where is the safety data? Now, we already know that the chief scientist is saying there's a problem with the science data. We already know Dr. Heidi Larson, who's the director of the Vaccine Confidence Problem is saying, uh, Project, is <laughs> Vaccine Confidence Project or Problem. It is a problem now, okay? Um, and she's talking about how the educated countries that the um, anti-vax groups, if you want to call them that, they're questioning the safety vaccines, are growing 500% faster than any other group. Um, that she's also finding out we're losing frontline healthcare providers because of the lack of safety data. The chief scientist for the World Health Organization also is saying that she cannot overemphasize the fact that they don't have good safety data. Um, and this doctor from Nigeria, uh, Dr. Bassi Okposen, um, uh, is asking, where is the proof of the safety data? Uh, so then they go in and say, look, we don't have a, it in place. I mean, if, if, if one of the most wealthy countries on the planet, okay, that, that has a vaccine safety system that's been in place for over 30 years, from 1986 on, 
and it's only reporting 1%. That means it's missing 99% of the injuries. Let's go on to listen to what this guy has to say. To try and get more national vaccine safety database linked together so we can start to answer these type of questions that you raised. Okay, if, if you're still sitting in your chair and you're not knocked out of the chair, laying on the floor saying, hey, wait a second, um, this guy's asking a question about the current schedule to see if this current schedule is safe, efficacious, and if problems arise, are there, are there monitoring systems in place to have the doctors recognize that there is a problem? So now we know that the medical community spends about, in their entire education, about a half day on vaccines. And the question that the doctor from Nigeria is asking, um, a child began in different antigens, different adjuvants from different companies with different preservatives. Where is the safety data that shows eight of these vaccines given at the child nine months will be a problem or, or is safe? And they're saying that they cannot answer those questions. Well, if you look at the data that's available and, you know, went to the American Journal of Epidemiology, multiple viruses may interact. Uh, quote, one important pattern of infection that may increase the risk of delayed disease is where different viruses interact, either um, with each other, both, or interact with the host immune system simultaneously. Virologic data support the possibility of a compound effect of multiple concurrent viral exposures influence the risk of autism. Wow, that's frightening. So does that mean that the measles, mumps, and rubella those three shots given with the yellow fever shot, given with the um, chicken pox shot, given with – so eight different vaccines is, is going to react differently in each person, and there's no safety data link for that. This should wake the world up. Um, when we look at the adjuvants, which is an ingredient in a vaccine to stimulate the immune system, uh, neuromolecular medicine, and this was out of February 2007, aluminum adjuvant linked to goal 4 illness and motor neuron death in mice. <clears throat> to examine whether these compounds might contribute to neuronal deficits associated with Gulf War um, illness, an animal model for examining potential neurologic impact of aluminum hydroxide, squalene, and aluminum hydroxide combined with squalene was developed. So at least they're doing studies on this. And they're saying, yeah, sure enough, these, these additive adjuvants can have a negative response or a negative reaction. <clears throat> then we also have, uh, who is again at that conference, Dr. David um, Caslow. And again, these guys, I would love to sit down with them because they are brilliant. They are caring, but they're taught, they're, locked in to a system that is completely dysfunctional, that is doing everything it can to promote the vaccine industry instead of looking at problems. So when they asked him, where is the data? Where's the data points? Okay, quote, in our clinical trials, we're using relative small sample sizes. When we do that, we are at risk of tyranny of small numbers. 
which is you just need a single case of Wagner's granulomatomas if your vaccine has to solve. And how do you prove a null hypothesis? That can take years and years. So he's saying, what if you get an, an injury that might be associated, like let's say you're doing a study on 100 people, <clears throat> and one person gets that, um, gets some kind of bizarre. Is it associated with a vaccine, or is it just an anomaly? With that small sampling of a size, you can't really tell. And to find out if these things um, occur or negative responses from the vaccines can occur, uh, he's saying it could take years and years to not just follow this group of, of test subjects with vaccinated versus unvaccinated or, or one group of vaccines with another group of vaccines. There's a lot of challenges there, but it could take years. <clears throat> so um, you might be curious in knowing how many drugs out there have gone through the drug process. I mean, I'm talking about um, the original chemist presents it to the FDA, then they do a, um, a trial, and then that trial is given data, and then they do another more lar a larger trial. And so when those drugs go through that whole approval process, you're looking at five to six years. <clears throat> then how long do you follow people? Because when, you, just like, you know, the, the chief scientist says it's hard to recognize all the problems before it puts into the environment, and then you have a variety of recipients. Then problems can sometimes appear that don't in small trials. Um, well, how long do you think you should follow a vaccine given in a child, knowing that it could be linked to autoimmune diseases from years down the road, could be acute problems, could be um, anything. It could be increased cancer rates. What? How long do you think you should follow it for? And come up with any number. I mean, if you think three days, seven days, eight days, or if you're looking at three years, five years, ten years, uh, it's really how are you going to follow a population that has gotten a medical therapy to see if that has a negative response? Now, I mean, I don't know if you want to sign up for the trial. Um, personally, I'd rather not because I don't want to be a lab rat. But when we look at this, the duration of safety review after injection for measles, um, and there's the MMR by Merrick, 42 days. For the chicken pox, the Verivax was 42 days. For the hepatitis A by GlaxoSmithKline, four days. Um, that's right, four days. That was as long as um, it went on. They did a phone call at 31 days, okay, to, to see if everything's okay. Um, but let's look at the recumbent um, Hib vaccine by Merck. Uh, five days. How long was the five days? So you're getting an injection and you're following those people for five days. Uh, that's mind-blowing. And we look at our population, questions are being asked. Um, is, the, is the forced medical procedure causing the massive increase in autoimmune conditions, in chronic illness, in inflammatory illnesses? Could this um, vaccine schedule 
uh, be causing uh, or be a contributing factor? Well, we know that the toxins inside vaccines, such as the aluminum adjuvant, that at a well-baby checkup, if a child gets around eight vaccines, that's more than 1,000 micrograms of aluminum. And we know that aluminum can have a negative response with brain function and autoimmune conditions. Well, that kid should, have, should weigh around 350 pounds. So we're looking that, that this is tremendous amount of neurotoxins. We know from uh, the Journal of Toxicology 2017, we know that uh, neurobehavioral changes, uh, anxiety behavior, and aluminum can accumulate inside of the brain. And it's interesting. What they say, the classic, um, classic rule of chemistry that the dose makes the poison is not true that small and small doses in, in human beings or animals uh, can develop um, uh, extremely toxic amounts. And knowing that they haven't even studied just the adjuvants, just look at aluminum in, in human beings, long-term, double-blind, placebo-controlled drug, none of those are being done. Um, it, it, it's mind-blowing because doctors are starting to question it. They're looking at their population and they're saying, my God, this is the sickest population the planet's ever seen. This is an absolute epidemic of chronic illnesses. And the only thing that's changed in our environment are environmental toxins in the vaccine schedule, which has gone from six vaccines to 72 doses in, in 30 years. It's just mind-blowing. We know that Journal of Trace Elements in Medical Biology, they did a great article on aluminum and brain tissue, and they're finding massive, massive rates uh, or rises in aluminum tissue in, in brains of um, autistic kids. We are seeing, because what is this? I mean, when we look at, at testing, and this is where the World Health Organization is having problems, um, let's, let's look at placebo versus active comparative. So now let's say you're doing, and, and I heard this on one of the talks from a medical doctor communicating to some congressmen, and he said most of the tests are comparing one vaccine and a group of vaccines to um, just a group of vaccines. And he said it's like having five shots of vodka and a shot of whiskey and comparing to see if the whiskey adds to the in inebriation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're going to be messed up no matter what. So, so let's look at it. Placebo-controlled trial, active-controlled trial, and the problems with active-controlled trials. Well, <clears throat> placebo means that you're comparing it to something that, that's, um, that's innocuous. Okay, and this is fantastic because you're comparing uh, something that you're going to give somebody that's not going to have a reaction um, than something that may or may not have a reaction. So you have a good baseline. Uh, if you're comparing an active control group, and this is interesting because you're comparing a drug that has a similar effect, except when we know that you cannot give one therapy to everyone. We know that, that the measles vaccine has around a 30% failure rate. 
So that means 70% of the time it's going to have one reaction, 30% it's going to have another reaction. 10% they say it doesn't even take at all. So one shot or one drug is going to have a totally radically different effect on each individual person. So a placebo-controlled trial will recognize some of that. You're still going to have some positive and negative responses from a placebo. However, an active placebo, this is when it has a somewhat known effect, okay? But you can't identify that known effect if you're comparing it to another active. And so what they say is um, uh, on active control trials are notoriously difficult to interpret. A finding of no difference in one of these trials can mean several different things. Uh, both drugs are ineffective. The study was unable to tell the difference. It's almost impossible. This is why when we're looking at the World Health Organization, the Global Vaccine Safety Summit, um, how the questions are being asked by these experts that, that really care about their population and and they can't be answered because there hasn't been placebo-controlled trials. There is not effective safety systems in place. I mean, one of the best safety systems in place, vaccine adverse event reporting system that's been in America for 30 years, um, at best, it's less than 1% of the injuries because the doctors only have about a half a day in their entire medical education on vaccines. And what do you think that is? So they're not going to be taking up um, a massive education process of thousands of hours, like I've done over 20 years, to find out how they work, how they studied, how they're um, looked at. We will go over this study in great detail. I encourage you to go to the ICANN network, Highwire, Dell Bigtree, who is lying to you. we got to get the truth out there. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.